0: Here he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you. So, Jamba, here we've got a new sponsor. Yes, mate. So, for season two of the Hit in the
1: Areas podcast, we have a brand new sponsor. Uh, the guys at Ellsbury Glazing Repairs have kindly sponsored us for this season. Um, so, for any sort of glazing and window repairs, they're your guys to go to. So, you know, when um, your windows blow and you get all that sort of condensation and, and maybe some water inside the glass. Yeah. These are the guys to talk to. Um, I've literally just had it done. My missus has been banging on for ages about getting it done. I had them come in. They've taken a look and they've done a brilliant job. It's like I've got a new glass. Um, so, yeah, if you are looking for um that type of service in the area. So any sort of window repairs or any glazing specialities, you need to give them a call. So you can give them a call on 07-889-730-995, or you can email them at glazingrepairs at hotmail.com. Now they normally serve the likes of Buckinghamshire, Oxfordshire, Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. um, And their aim is to give you a clear view every time. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.
0: Nice one, Jambo.
1: Let's get back to the podcast. Welcome to the Hit in the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, my co-host Richard Kyson. Rich, how are you, mate?
0: Really good, mate. Fresh off the train from London. How's yeah, your week then?
1: Yeah, good. Not too bad. Busy at work. Um, but yeah. Happy long end of the week to finish with a nice podcast episode. Yeah, um, and we got a different one this season. We haven't done anything like this before.
0: No, very topical, um, very um, in the mm, in the news, very topical.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, the CEO of a football club, um, a Step Five football club. So we're going dropping into non-league, um, which we you know we're always going to do. We're always going to chat to the managers, players, anything like that in non-league. Um, in you know, um, in the weeks to come. But today we're going to talk about a football club rather than actual specific person inside or a specific role. So we're going to talk about Jersey Bulls. So Channel Islands, uh, Jersey. What's your thoughts, Rich? You, what do you think? What's your thoughts around this Again, one? Th-
0: th- this is just us showing our... Our complete diversity within the game and in literally trying to bring information to, um, to football fans from every single aspect of the game. So um, not, only we, not only are we dipping into non-league, we're also dipping in, in, into Channel Islands football, um, into a club that's very new uh, with high ambitions. I'm sure it's going to be a great chat and very interesting.
1: So I'd like to introduce our next guest, Hello, Ian Horswell. How are you?
2: I'm very well, Jamie. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thank you so very much for coming on to the podcast. Um, Obviously, we're doing a slightly different podcast this evening. Um, Rich, he's here. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Cheers. Ian, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Likewise, Richard.
1: Okay, so first of all, we want to say obviously say thank you for coming on and 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 we're going to talk all about jersey Bulls football club today um so this episode is going to be centered around jersey Bulls and 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 everything jersey Bulls. so ian if you could sort of explain to us how i mean you're three years old so if you could explain to us how it started so you started i suppose lockdown potentially just before lockdown
2: yeah, just before lockdown, um, Jamie. So in 20, 2018, um, a few friends got together, talked about the, the the feasibility of putting a Jersey football team into the English football league pyramid. Um, something that had been done by our near island neighbours, um, Guernsey FC, um, and they've been going for about ten years now. So, so that was something our chairman uh, Russell Lefebvre, was really passionate to try and try and achieve and try and mirror um and we sat down and looked into the logistics um the biggest single hurdle is finance because um, the responsibility of an offshore island uh, entering into uh, the english uh, pyramid is we have to pay obviously to fly over to the uk um, but then we also have to pay for the visiting teams to come into jersey um, the three match day officials and if it incurs an overnight stay you have to foot the bill for that as well so you have to look at a you know a worst case scenario on you know say 20 28 people coming into the island um you know 19 times you've obviously got cup competitions and then you've got to go to the UK at least 19 times and then cup competitions as well so it's a huge undertaking and financially we earmarked about 260,000 pounds a year to run the football club um you know since since we launched the club um you know things such as airfares have shot up for a variety of reason um obviously fuel prices are, are surging right now Uh, Prior to that, there was the COVID situation. Um, So the finances of the club is the most difficult thing. So that's something we always have to balance. But, you know, we launched, um, played our first game in 2019, um, we had Stevenage over of League Two. Um, it was great great having those guys over. We, we, we had a fantastic seven-goal thriller, which they edged in the 89th minute with uh, a Jerseyman, uh, Curtis Guthrie, netting, netting their winner for them. Um, but that was just a, a, a marvellous day for Jersey football, seeing the you know the inaugural game that the Bulls played in, you know the St Helios sunshine at Springfield Stadium. So we went from there to take on a, a Leicester City Under 23 side, um, which which boasted four full internationals, um, current left back at uh, Leicester, um, Luke Thomas. He was playing. Well, he was actually sub. Uh, Calvin Bassi who won the league um, the year before last with Rangers or last year with Rangers, he was first choice. And then uh, Thomas come on as his replacement. So I felt for our right winger, he was penned back at right back for most of the game. But um, again, these kind of experiences is, is what we've created the football club for. Um, you know, we want to create memories. We want to create a successful side. We want to climb the pyramid and um, you know, the highest point we could be um um, put into the league was in step six, um, which is tier 10 of the, 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 the football league in, in, in England. So we were assigned to the Combine Counties League Division One at the time. Um, the Combine Counties League had experience of Guernsey FC being placed with them um, 10 years ago. Um, so they, they they understood about the logistics of travel in and out um, of the mainland. Um, and to be fair, you know, the Combine Counties um, League officials have been fantastic, um we had that first debut season, which we went on a, a, a tremendous run, played 27, 127, mathematically promoted on the 7th of March 2020. Um, but we never got to the 14th of March 2020. Obviously, everything changed. COVID came in. Um, was a huge loss of life, not just in the UK, but here in Jersey, around the world. And obviously, football was put on a back burner, um, understandably so. Um as a football club, we were devastated to be told by the English FA that we are going to have our season declared null and void. And, you know, your 200,000 pound plus that you just spent on, on playing for a season meant nothing. Um, and that was a real difficult thing for our players to take. Um, it's, it was, it was hard for them to create that record, what they did. Um, you know, the only team in the world that played every single game that they'd won in a season and, and it didn't count for anything. So so that was particularly tough. Um, but what, 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 probably galvanized us as a probably an island as a a group of supporters um you know we we got a fan base i think the first season the average crowd was six nine seven for the season we had we came back in season two um again covid was rife we didn't know what was going to happen um we had a a fantastic and exciting uh pre-season um lined up um then that all got wiped um you mentioned earlier jamie that you've got affiliation with risborough Rangers they were due to come over um and the, and the ridiculous thing was they actually came over to Jersey but the local laws at government at the time meant you couldn't actually play a football match um so they could go to the, the bars of St Helier, uh, so they had a great team bonding trip but they could physically couldn't play football with us so really felt for the guys there uh, that was frustrating and then we moved into the season and you know it was a season full of optimism we wanted to get promoted again uh we, we were entering the fa vars for the first time which we were super excited about um and we only managed to play four league games again we won all four um you know we were sitting third or fourth bottom or something in the league because everyone else was playing you know 12 13 14 games and we were stuck on four we just physically couldn't play um we played once in the fa vars. Uh, we played away to a team called billingshurst and um, we recorded a 3-0 victory. But playing that match was really important. And it was really important because it meant if we could get up a league, we'd actually play FA Cup football the following season because we had played in the bars. So um, so that was the um, 20-21 season. Um, it then got declared... Um, what was the wording used by the FA? It wasn't null and void. Um, and I admit I was part of... A, a football movement called the uh, project non-league um, project non-league was to suggest to the English FA that we should restructure the national league pyramid, which what, what they were going to do at the end of that season. Anyway, um, there were so many holes sadly in the, in the pyramid due to teams going to the wall, starting at the top with, you know, Berry, Macclesfield, and then you had teams in step three, step four, that unfortunately had had, had gone. So the, 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 the increased positions at step Two was going to make sure the National League North and South were going from 22 to 24 clubs. So there's four clubs as well as the teams that had gone to the wall. And it actually mathematically worked out well that you could promote teams and relegate none. And that was the big mantra of Project Non-League. And obviously I was a big supporter of that because my team had a, a points per game record over two seasons of three. Um, the next team in our league would have been, I don't know, a 2.5 or whatever, um, but they played 15 games more than us. They still collectively didn't have as many points as we had accumulated because we'd won every single football fixture. So justice did happen there for, for Jersey Bulls Football Club and a, and a lot more teams in the pyramid. The only downside is we weren't be able, we, we weren't able to to help teams in steps three or four achieve their success on the on the pitch with an upward movement. So, so that was, you know, a bittersweet win. Effectively, you know, the lads. You know, we got got a promotion, but we didn't get a trophy. Lads didn't get medals. We didn't have that experience on a pitch to celebrate. And, you know, that's what people are involved with football, whether you're a player, manager, coach, supporter, uh, volunteer. So... That was that was great, uh, and then we were looking forward to playing Step Five football this season uh, with loads of excitement. Um, we'd reached out, we had um, we had a, a fantastic preseason lined up. Tranmere Rovers were coming over from uh, uh, League Two. We had uh, Kettering from Step Two. Uh, we had Risborough Rangers who are Step mm-hmm. uh, Six went to <laughs> Step Five. And then we also had a pre-season tournament with uh, Hashtag United, uh, Cray Wanderers and FC United of Manchester. So the whole of pre-season was set. It was going to be an immense summer in Jersey. Um, You know, we are officially the sunniest place in the British Isles, obviously due to our southerly location. And, um, you know, we had loads of people coming from sort of Essex and Kent for for those guys. And then loads were coming down from Manchester. You couldn't get a flight from Manchester or Liverpool on EasyJ. It was just chocker. Um, and then again, COVID really, really ramped up last summer. And, um, you know, uh, you probably remember the news, Bolton was red and, you know, that was really, really bad. Then it went to Manchester. Daily, I'm like looking at the, uh, the R number in each bloody location to find out where, you know, where teams could come. And if, if they couldn't come, well, who else could I get? And again, sadly for FC United, there was no chance of them coming because of their geographical location. So. I had another step forth down South club on, on standby to come. And I said, look, your part, flights are paid for. You can actually come over. And they were like, Oh my days, this is amazing. And then I had to say to, them, sorry guys, the tournament's canceled, but, oh. um, It would have been an immense summer, Mm. but the good and the positive um, news is um, the airlines were really, really flexible, both British Airways and EasyJet. And they allowed all those clubs that had booked their flights to actually roll it over and come this year. So with the exception of Trammere, all of those clubs are booked back in. Um, naturally in the pro game you need to ensure or see what league you're going to be in before you plan your pre-season and we sincerely hope we can see Tranmere Rovers getting promoted we've built a good relationship with them amongst other clubs Um, and uh, yeah we'll see we'll see what happens so I've got everything crossed that um, you know July 16th 17th that's our weekend of our our summer tournament Um, the draw was made to Jersey uh, match the first game we're playing hashtag United uh, and then Cray Wanderers, London's oldest club, take on FC United. And, you know, the season when we looked at this, both of them two guys were, were vying for that sort of points per game, second promotion spot from their league. They were second, both of them on points per game in their league. So, you know, you've got a great step three north-south battle there. Now, they've both had contra- contrasting seasons. One's, um, one's in playoffs, one's near the relegation zone. So, um, But either way, it's going to be a cracking weekend of football followed by Kettering followed by Risborough and then um, the new season should start so we got into the season match day one 31st of July the league had an option do you want to play in July or do you want to wait and the first game would have been in the FA Cup um, if we didn't play in July and we're like we haven't kicked a ball as a football team for 10 months so we're like Let's play a league fixture. Let's, you know, we, you've got one game in the FA Cup, you lose it and it's it's all over with. So we thought, right, let's That's play it. a league fixture. Now, the fixtures secretary, I was complimenting the Combine Counties League earlier, the fixtures secretary, he stitched us up on match day one. Um, we were away to probably the, one of the best sides. Well, they are the, one of the best sides in the league, uh, Beckenham Town. Um, so we rock up at their ground. Lovely, lovely surface at Eden Park and Ken. And um, yeah, we went down 1-0. Um, and they, they had a man sent off after about forty minutes. Um, we threw the kitchen sink at them. We even had our goal, goalkeeper come up. Unfortunately, he didn't do an Allison Becker, and he uh, just <laughs> headed over the bar in stoppage time. So, um, so that was uh, uh, our first ever defeat. Um, but you know, it's one of those cliches. You know, it's probably it's probably good in a way for the players that they'd had that defeat because you're going in every game, going on. Oh, can it get to thirty-two league games, thirty-three league games, straight wins? Um, so instantly we were behind the pace on, on match day one. Um, we had a conversation with the league. Now Jersey, as I was saying before, it's it, it is a tourist destination and especially with um, with COVID, people didn't want to go to, to Europe because you needed certain passes and, and whatnot. Jersey was open and Jersey always has been open for travel, um, irrespective of vaccination status. So you could come to Jersey uh, for a holiday. And that's what everyone in the UK did. The amount of UK reg cars were on the, on our roads had come over on our ferries. Um, again, the planes uh, were, were full of, you know, UK tourists coming to Jersey. That meant one thing. It meant we really could. We were really struggling to play home games in August because, The other thing that COVID did was reduce the number of flights because people weren't flying as much. So therefore, the airline schedule, instead of having six flights a day, would maybe go down to two. And they weren't conducive to to bringing a team in and out in a day. So what that meant is we had to put teams in hotels, which is the rules, and that's absolutely fine. There's no hotel bets because Jersey was so popular as a tourist place. Mm. So we said to the league, look, while the kids are still on school, can we play all of our games away from home because we physically – probably can't get these guys in, in a hotel room. And the league rules is it's got to be a three-star hotel. Now, again, I could get them in bed sits or campsites or something like that. And again, yeah. we're not trying to do it on a cost thing. It's just the availability aspect. So we ended up being on the road. Um, we didn't play sort of Tuesday midweek. We didn't do the Saturday, Tuesday thing in August. So we are always like behind. And at one point, we were second bottom in the league. Um, so, um, you know, since then, we've always been playing the sort of catch up. Uh, We're currently third in the league at the moment. Um, Five points off the top with three games in hand and we're four points behind second with one game in hand. Um, And they've got to come to us and we've got to go to top. So there's a lot of, there's going to be some big moments in the next.
0: Big swings, yeah.
2: Yeah, we've only got Probably five weeks. We've got 14 games to slot in. So it's gonna be wow. <laughs> a really hectic period of, of time coming up, which which is fine. The the players, the management team, the coaches are relishing it, um, the volunteers, you know, and, and the fans. We just love playing in front of our fans. Um, so so that was match day one. And then the second week was our first ever match in the FA Cup. Um, so again, it was a historical occasion. I tried to nudge the BBC and said guys you probably want to bring your red button over here because this is the most southerly FA Cup tie in your 150th year uh, existence um, and they come back to me and said I'm sorry and we're all at the uh, Tokyo Olympics <laughs> so well, fair enough so um, I think the Olympic Games a little bit ba- uh, bigger than uh, what we were playing that day. <laughs> but we, 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 we recorded the biggest um, debut result for 77 years. Um, we put Horsham YMCA to the sword and won, won um, 10-1 on that day. Um, wow. Again, it was an incredible, incredible um, day for the football. Shame you, shame you don't get a goal bonus in the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... Um, it was great. So we we actually had a restricted crowd that day because of COVID again. Um, so we were only allowed a maximum of 9.75. It was an all-ticket game. All 9.75 got bought. Um, and then we, wow. we went on a little bit of a cup run. Uh, we went away to... Um, who was it we went away to? Um, New Haven. We won 4-0 away from home. And then we got a first-round qualifier against VCD Athletic, um, who were in the Isherman League, a uh, level above. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when both teams come out, I looked... Looked at the physical physical side of the two sides. I was like, "Geez, these are big lads compared to our boys." Um, you know, we're a little island, and I think we need to try and uh, get some get, get get them in the gym or something. But uh, they they were big lads, but and um,
1: that that Ishmael league is is full of big lads. It's yeah, so a
2: yeah, some of our lads could run through their legs. It's uh, it was like <laughs> that, and. Uh, <laughs> But we, we started off on fire. We scored like literally after two minutes, a really good finish. Um, and, you know, we went on to win that game 5-1. It was an absolutely amazing performance. Again, we broke our record crowd. I think it was like 1150 or something that day. Um, and then we were drawn away. Uh, I remember being on the on the phone to the English FA um, about can't remember what it was about now, but we were having a conversation, maybe about our stadium because we've been looking to renovate our stadium for quite some time. I'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, they, got, I said, what, what was the draw? Because it was a one o'clock call uh, call with the FA, and the draw was done at one o'clock, and they said, "Oh, your way to Sutton Common Rovers," and I just went, "Yes," and they were like what are you confident i was like no but they play at sutton united um i can't remember the name of the ground now but it's gander green lane but it's got a sponsorship name now
0: yeah, and yeah.
2: Uh, they were like well what's so special So the efl grounds i know the directors at sutton and uh, you know they put down a brand new hybrid pitch and uh, that'll be an amazing opportunity and again i'll talk about pitches later hybrid pitch is something we want at, at springfield our stadium and um then we had the email from the BBC on the red button. So that was, that was a, a great moment for our football club. Admittedly, it wasn't in Jersey, um, but we were on the BBC red button, um, again, yeah. Green Lane playing Sutton Common Rovers, who had won the league that we're in currently the season before. Um, you know, we're 2-0... Two up, and uh, I was quite excited. I was singing, uh, you know, we're on our way to Wembley, in the, in the crowds. And then, as soon as I finished my uh, first sentence, they pulled one back, and they, 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 they drew two two with us. So that was that was interesting. You know, we had a really big crowd um, at, at, at the game, both UK Jersey fans and Jersey fans who'd made the way up, made the way over. Um, and you know, we, we didn't. Um, but we went back to Sutton Common Rovers on the on the Tuesday. And um one nil down. I was just like, oh no, we're going out of the cup here. One one, two, one up. Then we probably scored one of the goals of the season, which has gone it's gone viral on social media. Um, and basically uh Sol Solomon, um, who plays for us, he's a, a striker. Um, ball got pulled was back. He, was he top goal scorer in the FA Cup for a while? He was for a long time. Um, yeah. And I've told him he needs to have a word with his uncle. His uncle is our centre-half, and his uncle takes the penalties. <laughs> Basically, if he would have taken the penalties, he would be out on top and be the uh, yeah, the, the golden boot winner. But, um, but yeah, Sol scored this absolute worldie of a goal whereby the ball was pulled back to the byline. He sort of jumped up and back heeled it. And it was just like, he could have just used the inside of his right foot, but he didn't. He let it go through his legs and just backheeled it. Incredible goal. Um, and then probably about two weeks later, um, it was on social media with the uh, England squad. We had James Ward-Prowse and uh, Connor Cody talking uh, about
1: it. I think and I've it's, seen that,
2: yeah. Yeah, and it's just, oh, it's just amazing. So so that went viral. That was great. That put us into the third round qualifying Uh, We were the first offshore club ever to get to the third round qualifying and we got a home draw. So that was all we could ask for. Um, We could have, could have had step two clubs and we got uh, drawn at home to Chertsey town. And again, Chertsey town have come through the combine counties league. Um, They were flying in, 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 in the league at the time. They were second behind Bracknell and um, you know, we, we, we sold out again. Um, But we only had 10 days to arrange it. So again, like we do corporate hospitality in Jersey there was no chance of getting in a catering with 10 days notice. Um, so it was end up like, you know, hot dogs and burgers. We were putting people in one room in a sports hall just to try and get as many people in as possible. And again, we broke out record attendance that day with 1,611 uh, fans. So that was, that was great. Um, but the only thing was we, uh, we went down to a one nil defeat. Um, it was a set piece. You know, watching that goal back on the video, the referee made a mistake by giving the free kick in the first place. Um and uh yeah, we went down one nil, unfortunately. So the the draw coming out on Monday and I shouldn't have listened to it. It was on Talk Sport. I listened to it and uh away to Southend United would have been the, uh, ah. the reward. So it's, it's, it's one of those, um, but fair play to Chertsey. Um, they did a job and they, they performed very well, won the game. And um, yeah, they went to Roots Hall. Sadly they, they bowed out then and Southend got, got through to the first round proper, but that was, that was memories that our players, you know, Will will always remember. I think we had something like eight or nine different scorers in the FA Cup. So we had some really big wins and some good wins. And it's just great, you know, you see these lads that have been playing in the local league for however many years since they've been playing adult football. And now they can actually say, I've scored in the FA Cup, which is which is amazing. And as I said before, yeah. this is the reason why we've made a football club because we want to create memories, we want to create these moments. And, you know, now we've got so many youngsters that, you know, want to play for the Bulls, both boys and girls. They look at it and think this is, this is class. Uh, on a match day, we have all the mascots from the local, uh, the local schools were sponsored by Santander bank who they bring the mascots out and, um, we've got the Santander school zone. Um, they get drums, they get cowbells, they make an absolute racket and, you know, <laughs> it's just, just a great, great experience really. Um, So that was the FA Cup. And uh, the other cup competition or main cup competition was the the FA Vars. So we we had a couple of rounds there. So we had to go to a team called Tooting Beck, who was um, in our league in season one. And they were one of the clubs I felt sorry for. They came fourth on points per game, but because there was only three spaces on the on the restructured, they narrowly missed out. And then they got a sideways movement, which again I don't know if that was a good or bad thing for them personally. But there's obviously a lot of uproar when season you know when seasons are complete and teams have to move sideways and all the rest of it. And they were unfortunate that, that happened to them. And we, we we beat them first game, and then we beat a team called Krober in the second second match we played and then we bowed out against Fairham on the south coast um on penalties and again it was just one of those we went into that game and we, we didn't have any our fullbacks available so we had probably the field playing fullbacks and it was you know probably a few missing and it was a shame and you know we just didn't perform um Fairham played well and you know they got the, they got the result and penalty, so that was a that was a real shame for us. To we felt we could have gone quite deep in that competition, um, but it's a highly competitive competition. So um, we're kind of supporting Southall now. They're the only Combined Counties League team left in. They're in the quarters tomorrow, so I wish them well um, in that. And then that enabled us to focus on the league campaign. And as I said, we we're always quite a few games behind, so we've been trying to play catch up. Um, a couple of games that were waterlogged in the UK. We play on a 3G pitch here in Jersey. Um, so you've got certainty the game's on. Um, although we had two moments, you know, the climate, climate change and all the rest of it. Uh, we had like three storms in like a week, didn't we? Uh, not so long ago. Mm. And sadly, one of the teams, they couldn't fly over because the flights were cancelled, which is fair enough. Um And I don't know if it's come out, but British Airways didn't fly one day. Um, Technical problems. And again, personally might be a cyber attack. I've got no idea, but it was really bizarre how they couldn't fly that one day because the, the day was stunning. Um, So unfortunately for Ballon, their uh, trip and Saturday night in Jersey was, uh, was canceled because of that. And, some of their fans had actually came the day before. Um, so we met them at the ground the next day, and it was just yeah, it's just disappointing for them. Mm. Um, but that's that's some of the trials and tribulations of of being on an island. Um, you know, you can exactly. get fogged in or, or whatever. Mm. Um, but you just got to take the rough with the smooth. And um, you know, 99 percent of the time things run smoothly. Um, but you know, you can always expect the unexpected, and certainly the three years of our existence has just been yeah, incredible.
0: I was just gonna say, uh Ian it's been a hell of a three years for you. Um, But you want to dig a bit deeper into some of this. Mm. Um, And one of the main things I wanted to talk about was that as as part of entry to the English League system, you do need to provide flights, maybe accommodation for sides traveling to Jersey. Um, And you say that costs about £260,000 a season to cover it. Um, I'm guessing that there's a lot of, um, well, I know there's a lot of financial firms over there um is that where a lot of the backing comes from um probably yes and no so basically the vast vast
2: majority of our revenue is on sponsorship so we we will have a ticket price for a front of shirt which would be akin to a league two or a national league club so we do have punchy numbers um again the back of the shirt the sleeve of the shirt to sponsor training kit to sponsor our travel travel tracksuits and polo shirts um to sponsor the bags um they're, they're all decent numbers um and they've got to be because if we didn't hit those numbers we sim- simply wouldn't be uh, sustainable um most clubs uh, across the country have a revenue stream by having a cafe stroke bar in their clubhouse we don't have that we've got a standalone um cafe and bar which has had a, a proprietor in charge for probably 20 years um again we talk about Roth and smooth he's had you know really quiet times at that stadium for a very long time because they've never had the crowds that we've we, we generate so for us that's part of our strategic plan is to sort of get a clubhouse built at the ground um and you know we'll have we'll have that that license to to sell alcohol to, to to do the chips and the teas and whatever and make revenue so that will that will help us be less reliant on on key sponsors um you, you're right rich the the biggest industry in jersey is financial services um, in the past we've always had things such as farming and and um like holidays like leisure industry has always been big but you know year on year, we kind of lose another few hotels. They get turned into apartments, which then has a knock-on effect to the um, the number of beds we've got in the islands. Which ultimately leads to supply and demand, which makes it more expensive. And if you went to your, you know, your Gatwick Airport or whatever, and looked at the options you've got, you could probably get to Malaga and have accommodation there, guaranteed sun versus Jersey. So that's just the nature of. Jersey sort of re-identified itself as a, a tourist destination of maybe different types of people. And, um, you know, we've got some great options here, like water sports in the summer, um, you know, nice restaurants, nice hotels, that kind of stuff. Um, but equally, now we've got sport. Sport is an option. And the amount of ground hoppers that come over from all over the country, they want to come and take Springfield off the most southerly ground in the, in the, in the Pyramid. Um, we've got professional rugby side here. So again, that attracts people as well. So, so yeah, again, sorry, Jersey's got a lot going for it, which is, which is great. Um, I try to focus on about 60% of our revenue on sponsorship. I'd say thirty percent will be on our gate receipts. Um, our gate this season's averaging in about eight fifty, which is um, which is obviously up quite a bit from the first seat or well, first season, second season. We never got to play in Jersey, um, and then the rest of the revenue we we we've got an online shop. We do a pop up shop on match day. Um, we sell you know the home, the away, the third training range, ca- uh, leisure range, scarves, hats, caps. Pin badges, you know, we've got a full, mm. you know, would be like a professional league two club with a club yeah. shop. So, um, so we've got that. Again, we try to do fundraising as well. Um, again, fundraising is down to your, your time of your volunteers, um, and most of us are, are, are flat out um, running the club. Now, the other thing I must say about the football club is we're all our volunteers. No one at the football club gets paid. Um, it's all for the love of the game.
0: I was just uh, going to ask that, you know, in terms of in terms of all the players, are they? they're all that they're all just paying for' they'll play for nothing.
2: yeah everyone just plays. Um, so which is, which is incredible again the testament that for those guys you know especially we do play quite a lot of Tuesday nights away and um, that means you have to take a half day off work. Um, I don't know each player's individual circumstances. Uh, I don't know if they make up time some of them do some of them might take a half day holiday, unpaid leave um you know people in financial services might have a little bit of flexibility you know we've all had to work from home during the pandemic and and that's that's kind of worked um but you know if you're a painter and decorator then you can't work from home so it's as simple as that um so some lads do have to make a call and, and, and be honest with the manager and say look i'm not going to get paid if i if i come on this trip so so yeah that's difficult um but that's 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 the league you get drawn away on a Tuesday night that's what you have to do so um and you know we've got a couple of clubs coming to us in uh next month actually um you know ideally ideally we'd play them on a Saturday um they can enjoy the island stay over on a Saturday night if they want to um and you know we've run out of Saturdays like literally it might be our fault for being successful in the FA Cup you know we had um I mean, games. We had seven games in the FA Cup, which uh, or six, sorry, uh, which was which was amazing. We absolutely loved it. Um, but again, every time we we're playing an FA Cup tie, most of our uh, competitors in the league were playing another round of the league. So, again, that was another reason why we fell behind. So, um, the league good, needs... mo- good money. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you would have got some good money for. It's good, Jamie, but one of that. the most ridiculous things is when we host a team um, in Jersey, um, we're only allowed to claim back something like 75% of their travel. So, I don't know, let's just say for easy maths, there's a 1,000 people, they've all paid £10, and you've got £10,000 kitty. Um, you then deduct their flight, so let's just say it was 4000 So you're left with, with um, you we could only deduct some... 75% of that, so that's 3,000, uh, and then you do an equal split, so the club that we've played end up taking more money than us mm, at a home tie yeah. which is nuts, at the end of the yeah. day um, there's a conversation to be had with FC Man, Guernsey FC and ourselves, and it's just being just being honest with, with the FA and say guys, look, if we've got a home tie we should be able to do a 100% deduction of travel mm-hmm. costs before we split, yeah, there's no way a wayside no way away, an away side should make more than the home side. So it's just one of those things. So we'll have a conversation with the FA and, and you know, we're not being we're not being arsey about it or anything like that. Um, you know, when we play away from home, you know, we don't get much money back because ultimately we play in front of 200 people. Um, so therefore there's not really much to deduct. So, mm. so yes, yeah, so that's, that's one nuance of, um, you know, being an offshore island. Um, doesn't really make any sense to me, but we'll have that conversation in the summer mm. so and see what happens.
0: This leads on to um, my next question. In terms of where do you want to see the club in the next five, ten years? Are, are you literally aiming for for football league football?
2: Yeah, the ultimate goal is whether it's whether it's football league or whether it's you know step one at national league. the The ultimate goal and dream is to be a professional uh, football club, Rich. that's that's that was the, the inception, the idea. <laughs> Um, but we've had the worst time in the world of, of setting up a football club, especially a football club um, that requires, you know, 260k. That 260k has been pushed this year; it's about 330. So that yeah. just shows you, you know, the numbers we've got to deal just to break even. So, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have had um, COVID and and so on and so forth. So, there's still so many unknown and, and parameters. Again. I sadly only see flights costs going up because of the fuel problem we're going to have with uh, the, the, the Russian war. Um, so it's it's really difficult to grow so we want to do loads of things that any other professional football club would do so mm-hmm. one one add-on we did this season was we added an under 23 side Um we can't put them in a league because it's just too expensive to put them in the league so what we did is we put them in the uh, suburban cup which is a cup competition for step one through to five Um, for teams that want to enter it you can enter put put your reserve side in or an under 23. So we've played it as a pure under 23 team. Uh, We've never played an overage player in that one. And then we entered um, like the division one cup in the combine counties, which is for premier leagues under 23s and first team at step six. Um, so there we have to, again, put a pure under-23 side in. They're still, We're still in both of those cup competitions at the moment. Um, and then there was the um, Combine Counties Premier League Cup, which you didn't have to put under-23s in, but we earmarked that competition as a, I don't know, a bit like a League Cup with, you know, some of the Premier League sides don't take the League Cup too seriously. We didn't put a team out to lose, um, and we went to a, a first-team with our pure under 23s and managed to get a victory which was amazing um that's how these lads are going to learn and that's how we find out if they're going to be good enough in you know a year or two to step into the first team by testing them uh and then the following game um and again it's all down to experience really young lads um he got sent off um you know two yellow cards and when that happened i think it was either two one down or two i think with two one down he got sent off we equalized and then we end up running out like a five five two defeat but again, when, when the cliche comes out, you know, we'll learn from it. It's really important that the the young lads do learn from it. Um, Not just the lad that got the the, the two reds. who was like, sorry, two yellows in such close succession, but but teammates, could you have had a little word in his ear? Could you have, you know, maybe you've done one, you can see he was pumped and excited. Um, So there's lots of things, as I say, can they learn from it? And we hope they do. So, so um, all these cup competitions, again, it just incurs more and more cash. Um, So, Ultimately, I would I'd love to be able to tick the form and say we're entering the FA Youth Cup. That would be an amazing opportunity mm. for our island and under 18 players. Um so again, that's on the horizon. Um the ladies' game over here in Jersey is crying out to, to have parity with the men in terms of playing in, in in a league as well. And we've we've looked and explored that. Again, our chairman's been leading that. Um, but again, we've still not got certainty in a a whole host of aspects. So there's there's a lot of things to happen. And you know, if we can get if we can get that secondary income from a from a from a facility, a clubhouse, an hour at our stadium, then that will be game changing for us because mm. the revenue we can generate there, we would, we would host the sportsman's dinners on a monthly basis and bring over, you know, stars from all the big clubs. And again, everyone in Jersey supports a, a premier league side or a, a Scottish club or, or whatever. Um, And and the uplift there would be amazing. Again, in the community, we'd love to do more in our community. Every professional club has a community arm that might do, you know, after schools or weekend soccer schools, holiday camps, all of that sort of good stuff. And, you know, all of that is on the table in the future for us. We want to be what a professional football club would be. But the only thing is we've just been held back due to covid um, again i mentioned that we're all we're all volunteers and the one thing i want more than anything is a is a full-time administrator because looking behind the screen here i'm looking at my inbox and i've got three thousand four hundred seventy one <laughs> unread emails that is the magnitude of it you know some of them might be, you know, two emails for one purchase for, 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 for the shop to so get a PayPal confirmation and the other mm. one's the actual order. Um, but it's just relentless and our fans are brilliant. They're always asking us questions about games and, you know, kickoff times, or are you going to live stream this or, are you know, gonna... so it's, it is literally a full-time job for someone. And, um, you know later in this year we'll hopefully have the budget to put aside to actually hire someone and uh, that can alleviate someone like me and um, some of the other directors that do an awful lot of work um, and be able to focus on growing a football club
0: I just wanted to touch on two things and they're both related the manager and the players are they all like jersey locals or are they people that moved over to work there
2: yeah no they're all well All bar one. So, um, you know, we're owned by Jerseymen. Um, The board is majority Jersey. A lot of our volunteers are all Jersey. Um, The managers certainly from Jersey. Uh, Our playing squad, let's just say it's a, I think, 22, 23-man squad. Um, Before Christmas, everyone was schooled in Jersey in the squad. Uh, One lad moved to the island when he was about seven or eight. He's from, parents were from Glasgow. Um, And then um, in January... We had a uh, a new signing come from Guernsey, so it was an interesting one. Um, (laughs) Rivalry between Jersey and Guernsey is is fierce. Um, We have a really first
0: Channel Island transfer.
2: Yeah, (laughs) well, again, at our level, it's not it's not a transfer. He's probably still (laughs) registered for Guernsey FC, Um, but you know, uh, our fans have already found a really good song for him. How he used to play for them, and now he plays for us, and Uh. uh, um, yeah, but he's he, he's come in and again he was at like crystal City's academy as a youngster um but again he came over with his work so he works for a big mm. four accountancy firm um they they've got offices in both islands and uh um we were we were lucky he met his girlfriend at, uh like the group christmas party or something like that and uh, oh, wow. jersey and he was guernsey so uh, <laughs> uh, she's managed to lure him over so we need to we need to thank her and um yeah frank moved across and now he's now he's part of the bulls so he's the only one that's um you know moved over because of his job um and it's just you know the football club is here but mm. back in the 60s and 70s we used to have loads of people like jersey was like thriving in in sort of like a tourist destination and you know a place to go you know that was pre easy jet pre ryanair so you wouldn't be going off to spain and portugal as easily as what you can now and um we used to have a lot of scots and so my dad was from well he's from glasgow he come over in that era. It was just a great, fun place to work. Um, but some of them, were, you know, some of the footballers we used to have come over was were, were, were quality players. And it's almost like what a shame we didn't have this Jersey football team playing in the pyramid back in the 70s and 80s, because we did have really good players. Um, and more recently, it's, it's more and more difficult to, to come into Jersey. Um, you know, you can come in with a job um again there's 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 different types of residency rules that makes things complicated so I don't think we'll ever see that surge again of what we, we we did in the uh you know 60s 70s and the 80s and 90s to a degree um that's kind of dried up but uh every now and again you know someone moves to the island and if they're a great footballer amazing but um so yeah it's uh, it's pretty much a bunch of a bunch of local lads and um you know, as we get up the pyramid, it's going to get tougher and tougher. So, what can you do? What can you do to to improve? And that's where, again, you know, conversations with teams such as Guernsey FC—they've been in Step Four um, for eight years, and they got promoted in their first two consecutive seasons. So. They can't get out of step four. Um, they need to like reevaluate and see what they do different. And again, if we can get out of step five and get into step four, then again we'll speak to Guernsey and sort of you know share ideas. You know, does it mean? we go heavy on 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 youth systems do we need to be doing more uh, more coaching with with youngsters in jersey now at the moment we don't do any coaching uh with 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 youngsters they all represent local clubs in jersey which is great and we wouldn't take them away from the local clubs so we've, we've probably got about 20 22 23 local clubs here not all of them have like youngsters um but again can we work in tandem with them As again as you well know, at ultimate grassroots level, it's all volunteers um, that are going to do it. It could be mums, it could be dads that are coaches. Um, so friends of the family and every club needs more coaches or more volunteers. So, you know, if we could supplement um, the local clubs by offering an extra session a week for the under nines, tens or whatever, that's something we've got to look to in the bigger picture to try and generate more players. And, you know, over the years, Jersey's generated some really good players. Obviously, the most famous one would be Graham Lassau, who's obviously mm. won yeah. won the Premier League, over 50 England caps. Um, you know, so he's he's been successful uh, in more recent years. Um, I mentioned Stevenage earlier, Chris Curtis Guffrey was there amongst other sort of League One, League Two clubs. He's currently applying his trade in India at the moment. Um, Brett Pittman has been, you know, super player for, for, for a variety yeah. of clubs. Uh, he's now in at Eastleigh in, in step one. Um, Peter Vincenti, he, he he played a decent level as well. He's now back in the island. Um, uh, Calvin uh, Calvin Miley, he's at Eastleigh full time pro as well. Um, you haven't so-
0: managed to persuade Peter to play for you then.
2: No, Peter. Peter was registered for last season, the one where we only played five. But mm. because of the because of the pandemic, we weren't getting ready to play. So um, it would have been nice to see him uh, don the shirt. He only mm. don it, donned it for a photo opportunity for the website. <laughs> we never got him. Never got him onto a pitch, unfortunately. Um, but obviously, he was a very, very good player. Um, and we've had others that have been sort of on a professional basis in the island, and you know, maybe not not broken through for whatever reason. So. So, yeah, it's, um, um, yeah, so we, we do generate good players. Currently, at the moment, we've got, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Marlon Fossey, who's with Fulham. Um, he's in their under 23 squad. He's a US under 20 international, under 21 international. He's currently on loan at Bolton in League One. Um, also at Fulham, we've got three other lads um, that are currently within the academy. Uh, one of them, Luke Harris, is a highly rated footballer. Um, he's only 16 years of age, but he's just won the Premier League 2 second division with Fulham. Um, he scored a hat-trick against Newcastle the other week and, you know, he scores goals for fun. Um, so he's one to watch. He's a Welsh under-18 international. And, yeah, I think, I think Wales probably want to cap him as soon as they possibly can at full, full level. So he's definitely one to watch. And there's a couple of the other young lads at Fulham as well. So the lads are... We are generating quality now again they might not need to rush off the islands as as quickly um you know if they don't get the opportunities at Fulham we've got another lad at Bournemouth so um you know that's that's something we've got to look at in the future of how mm. we can uh you know develop more talent because there is talent getting generated here.
0: That moves perfectly on to um how how the clubs sort of come on our radar really. The, in the next, the next few weeks, uh, you are coming over to England to play a few games. You're playing at Ascot and, and at and Wanderers. Um, how did that come about and why? Yeah, so the main
2: reason is our, our pitch. Um, we needed to make ground grading uh, um, amendments to the grounds. Um, we got a lot of grief. Oh, who the hell changes their pitch mid-season? And the, the, the sad matter... The fact is we don't own the ground and we can't control when work gets done. Um, It's owned by the government of Jersey, who have been absolutely amazing and supportive towards the football club. Um, When the English FA come over uh, back in 2018, they sat down with our sort of deputy prime minister, if you like, and and our sports minister and um, another minister. And they basically they said to the FA that we will support this football club. We want them to go on this journey. um, What they need, we'll, 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 we'll try and help as much as we possibly can. And true to their word, we needed to make changes to the ground, um, and you know it's a really difficult time to be making ground grading um, changes in terms of metal. Like you know, the whole construction industry at the moment has been has been a lot slower than what it would have been because of the pandemic. Um, you know we've used the biggest fencing supplier in Britain and again there was like a a supply chain we had to wait for and we were like geez I don't even think this work's going to get done in time initially we got told we're not going to get the fencing until the 31st of March which was the deadline to actually do the work and uh, last week I got sent this video I was like what's this and it was basically this massive lorry and it was just reversing into our ground and it was just full of the fencing and I was just like yes so there was there was nervousness. It wouldn't get done in time. Um, but, you know, going down to the ground today, um, was it Friday the 11th, um, all the fencing's been pulled down. Um, all the new fencing's there. That will probably be, get erected next week. Um, so that's the reason why we've had to, you know, we asked the league, um, you know, so many clubs think, oh, Jersey, get all this special treatment, this and that. And no, we don't. We actually put a proposal to league saying, can we rearrange our fixtures so any away game we've got on a Saturday? We'll play it away on a Tuesday night, which meant all of our home games could be played on other Saturdays. Um, but they rejected it. And that's, that's fine. I respected it. Why should they rip up the, the you know, quite a few league fixtures just for us because we've got a problem with our pitch. Um, it would have meant Beckenham town and Frimley green could have come to us on a Saturday rather than a midweek, which isn't great for for visiting clubs, but it is what it is. And we're running out of time for, to complete the season. Um so we needed a ground, um, and uh, one of our one of our directors is a, a lifelong Wickham Wanderers fan, and he's um, uh, he's very close to to, to the owners. And um, I'm in a WhatsApp group with uh, uh, with Pete at Wickham and with with Simon, my co-director at the Bulls. And uh, it was a bit of a tongue in cheek one. It's like Simon, anytime she can ask Pete if Adams Park's free, and <laughs> I, I knew it was free because I'd looked up the. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Pete was amazing. He just said, look, I want to make this happen for you guys. So, um, yeah, I've been dealing with uh, Neil uh, Peters at at Wickham and we've had had good conversations uh, about the logistics and getting effort in place. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing opportunity for both Jersey Bulls and Banstead Athletic to play a Combine County's Premier Division South fixture uh, at Adams Park. Um, Again, I talked about the carpet we played on at Sutton United. Again, I can't wait to be on Adams Park's uh, surface um, and uh, I'm hoping a few Wickham Wanderers fans will come along. Um, you know, they're playing Portsmouth that day, so it's a, a big game for them. Um, it is an all-ticket game as well, so, you know, if they haven't got tickets by probably Friday, then they probably can't go, so hopefully we'll do another push to try and encourage um, some, some of their fans to come along and be a, be an honorary bull for the day. Um, but our our main sponsor is Shuffle Capital, which is is, is Simon's business, and uh, Simon earlier in the year sponsored uh, Wickham when they played uh, Man City and the... Uh, uh, League Cup. So, um, you know, his business has been on the advertising boards uh, before there. And that's something I'll be looking to try and, uh, you know, we'll have his uh, logos all around Adams Park on the LED advertising, which is great. So, so we used Adams Park for that one. Um, we're playing at uh, Three Bridges, who are right next to Gatwick Airport. Yeah. Um, we reached out to those guys and they've been really, really helpful and always have been big, big friends of ours as Ascot United. Um, we were due to play him in a quarterfinal of the, the Cup in our first ever season they were like the league leaders in their league we were league leaders in ours and it was going to be you know really good match and then covid put paid for it we never we never got to play it um so we we you know remained in close contact with uh, simon the chairman there and um when I reached out and said, is there any chance um, he managed to facilitate a midweek game again, but they, they've got a really nice 4G surface. Uh, we play on a 3G, so it's quite similar to what we'll be playing on. So if we can retain a little bit of an advantage by playing on that, then, then great. Um, so that's on the 30th of December, uh, sorry, 30th of March. And then we return home. So we should be, um, you know, able to, well, we will be playing on our pitch on the 2nd of April. So um it'd be nice to go back. Um, the differences is now you can walk behind or you go walk all the way around the pitch. Um, it's all connected, where previously it wasn't all connected. You have to go in by different gates. Um, and that'd be great for the first time. We'd be able to put supporters behind goals. They can uh, cheer or jeer the goalkeepers or, or whatever they want to do. And it's just to have that that moment when we can, um, you know, celebrate uh, with fans. It'll be uh, incredible. So, um,
0: so, yeah, no, it's exciting
2: times coming up.
0: It's a great little story and I'm, you know, being, being Wiccan fans ourselves, I'm sure you'll see at least a few hundred Wiccan fans turn up. I'm sure of it.
2: Well, I hope so. It'd be great to see them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite open with this. It'd be great, you know, um, Gareth and and the boys actually to come to Jersey one day Um, you know I mentioned some of the pro clubs we've spoken to have been to Jersey in the past it's an absolutely fantastic place for a pre-season and again like having the feedback I had from the Stevenage fans when they come to Jersey they said it was their best ever pre-season away um, mm. it, it was just a magical you know Jersey was in bright sunshine and uh, you know they are all in our bars there was Stevenage flags everywhere and no, there's no reason why we couldn't do that with Wickham so you know if they've got a, I know they've got their local clubs um, in and around the area but if they can they fancy a bit of a, an overseas uh, non-league club to give a little bit of friendly support to we'd really appreciate it so hopefully hopefully we'll see a few of them there Rich and uh, great to see you guys if you can make it as well
0: certainly try to yep
2: yeah. Um, I think, I think
1: we'll leave it there, Rich. I think, I mean, we've every, I mean, we've, we've listened to you talk about Jersey so passionately as well, which is great. And
2: we're, we're, we're on a journey. We're loving it. It's, it's great fun. It's highly stressful at times, but you know, um, it is what it is. The day, the day we have a normal season, I won't know what to do with myself. <laughs> be unreal. So, um, so yeah. So again, guys, thanks very much for having me on. Um, pleasure pleasure to meet Thanks you. Thanks for both. coming yeah. on. Um, yeah, not a problem. We're
0: certainly going to follow the story to the end of the season. 100%. Hopefully you make it over the line. It'd be good to see you into, up into step four. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. going to be a tough one. So um, yeah, um, it's, a,
2: it's a it's a three horse race for two slots, basically. So it's going to be
1: interesting. Ian, do you want to just tell us those dates and the, um, the teams and where they are and who you're playing?
2: Yeah, for sure. The, for the game's yeah, so on Saturday the nineteenth, we're playing uh, Banstead Athletic, uh, Athletic at Adams Park, Wickham, three o'clock kickoff. The twenty-sixth of March, we are playing uh, Colliers Wood United at um, Three Bridges, and that's a two o'clock kickoff. And then on Wednesday the thirtieth of March, we're playing um, Ballam at uh, Ascot United with a seven forty-five kickoff.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Um, and where can we find Jersey Bulls Twitter?
2: Yeah, um, we've got a website, Bulls.je and uh, yeah, Jersey, uh, at Jersey bulls FC is our Twitter account.
1: Brilliant. And pretty obvious why you call the Bulls as well, I thought.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a strange one. It was just the name. Uh, that was the name we come up with. Uh, Jersey's famous for cows and cows didn't quite Yeah, when we've gone for the Bulls. So uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it <yeah>, sounds <laughs> great. It's all good fun. No, it's proper good. It's modern. I like it. Um, Ian, thank you so very much. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: No worries, gents. I will uh, speak to you soon, and thanks for, thanks for having me. Nice one, right. thanks, thanks for coming
0: Cheers, on. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. Here at Hit in the Areas podcast, we are big supporters of the MND Association for this series. Motor neurone disease is a fatal, rapidly progressing disease that affects the brain and the spinal cord, leading to loss of movement, speech, and ultimately the ability to breathe. My name's Richard Kirsten. I I lost my dad to this disease last year and that's why we support it. If you can visit their website, which is the MND Association, if you just Google that, there'll be more information about the disease and also how you can donate if you wish to. Thank you. So
1: that was our interview with CEO of Jersey Bulls FC, Ian Horswell. Um, Rich, I mean... (laughs) I mean, he spoke so passionately about the club. I mean, and, and, and to be honest, when you're a volunteer, you generally do um, when you're not getting paid and you do it for the love of the game and the love of the club. So it, it, some incredible information there. And for, for a club that's only three years old, how successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, three years old now. You know, next season, they could be playing step four football, um, which is massive. And I, I, I loved his enthusiasm. Uh, you can tell they're a club going places. I mean, if they're managing to pull in 60% of £330,000 of sponsorship, that's quite a lot of backing for, for, for a club in Step 5. Um, obviously, they have to pay for flights and accommodation here and there, um, which is understandable. Um, but they're, they're certainly a club on the app. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of them, um, but now they are fully on my radar because it's quite obvious they've got staff, not staff, sorry, volunteers w- with that passion that want to push them to, to mm. you know, into the into the football league. And I can actually see that happening. So give it five years, it'll be interesting to see where they are.
1: Yeah, they could at least be at step two by that time, couldn't they? You'd never know, dude. Yeah, Conference South, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I was just amazed that there's no... I suppose I'm not amazed but at the same time I'm amazed at the talent that's in Jersey where you know they don't have players coming into play mm. which I don't know how that's going to react how that's going to act when they get up the, the leagues a bit more
0: but they've obviously got like a good like talent pool haven't they they must have
1: it's crazy
0: to to win so so comfortably against teams from step four and five mm. to win so comfortably, have a half-decent FA Cup run for a club that's three years old. There's obviously a lot of talent in Jersey. And if they can tap that as, and, and, and that can take them as high as possible, fair play to them. Um, it'd, be interesting, it'd be interesting to see how far that can take them before they do need to start introducing a playing budget.
1: Yeah. It also uh, sounds like they're probably uh, quite an, a nice football inside to watch. We were yeah. talking about the Ish the ish, Ishmian League being, mm. you know, quite strong and physical, yeah, physical. And he was saying how sort of smaller his players are and mm. lightweight, which normally means <laughs> that they're over, you know, they're quick and they're technical and stuff yeah. like that. So it'd be quite interesting to watch them and hopefully we can get down next week to, um, uh, sorry, this Saturday to to um, watch them at Adams Park, but. Yeah, it was. Just, yeah, it's brilliant insight into how a clubs created how how they can cope with the travel demands. I mean, mm. that's. It seems like it was just like normal to them. Whereas, yeah. like I mean, you get lads here that you get lads like local league football, just excited to play Tuesday night and the lights.
0: Mm, <laughs> mm. You know,
1: and it's, except getting on a plane to play an away game.
0: I'd love to know how their squad are managing um, midweek away games. I mean, that's a lot of holiday. Um, mm. They have to take, you know, they need a half day at least to to like fly over and play away as, you know, some team in London, and Hersham, someone like that. Um, but, you know, they're obviously reaping the rewards. They've obviously got the players mm. committed to doing it. And um, Ian was superb. And hopefully we can meet him soon at a game.
1: Yeah, another thing is the professionalism. I don't think it was mentioned in, in our chat with him. I think we spoke about him before where he was saying about their game day is so similar to like a professional club. Mm. Like, obviously, they'll use hotels and then they'll go and use, say, like a sports club or somewhere for some lunch. And mm. then, you know, rather than like a non-league player that turns up at half 12 on a Saturday or half one on a Saturday before <laughs> before yeah. their game. Um, yeah they're, they're actually going through that whole professional schedule mm. for a game because they've had to fly and travel and, and stuff yeah. like that um, which is which is just incredible um, go, if you can go out watch them so if you're in the free bridges area in the Wickham area or even the Ascot area on that Tuesday night um, if you can go along and support them um, and and Yeah. And I'm sure you have a really good evening or good day going to watch them as well and and supporting some, some grassroots football. Another great episode there, Jambo. Yes, mate. Yeah. Loved it. Tell you something we do need to do, Rich, need to get these subscribes up. We need to get the reviews. We've had, we've had a few reviews since though, which is really nice. Yeah. Very
0: uh, positive feedback.
1: Yeah. Really good feedback. Really good feedback. Um, let me just read let me just read you some reviews that we've we've had recently. So this one's from Charisma 29. Uh, I can't recommend this enough for all football fans that interview excellent guests and the content is superb. Love the one with Mark's pa- Mark Parsons, the ex Portland form coach. I've subscribed, you should too. That's brilliant. Love that. What we got here the Bat and Owl. Mind mind officially blown. Great episode to hear a proper football fan with a fantastic job and an insight into the less glamorous side of football. I think this is on about the Pat, Pat Frost. One. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, definitely. Enough. I mean, this is just some of the stuff that we've had, um, which, and all, you know, thank you so much for leaving the reviews as well. Yeah. And, and the five stars, uh, mine, you know, we, we absolutely love that sort of thing. And it's just, yeah, if you can just keep subscribing, keep reviewing. So if you review this episode, let us know what you think. um, Thank you so much. Keep, you know, keep following us on Twitter, hitting areas pod, um, Instagram, hitting the areas podcast uh, where you can find us for all the latest and up to date news uh, and, and episodes that are coming out. So we've been hitting the areas podcast. Thank you so very much. And we'll see you next week.
0: Cheers guys.